There I am. That was close. We were 10 seconds from, from go, and I realized that I did not have my microphone plugged in. So I think we'd be, I think we'd be a little bit more uh, locked in at this point, wife. Uh, we just, we have so many things that we're doing. <coughs> we Too do. Many. We're trying to I, get things off of our plate right now. I like when I wear this hat because my students tell me I look like I'm out there training boxers. <laughs> As they thought. You're Reynolds, what are you doing? Tra- training Rocky over there? No. No jerks. Not training Rocky. Um, I was, however, went, woke up yesterday morning, worked, did enormous amount of family stuff, worked, Took my kids to the Christmas village, took our kids to the Christmas village um, in Philly, then went back to work. Uh, and this isn't a flex. This is like, this is madness, but I want to talk about what, what's going on. Worked on a real estate project that we're working on that was had to be finished this morning by 1030 a.m. I came home at 2 a.m. My I come downstairs, at so I slept for five hours, got up at 7 came home, came downstairs, you were sitting on the couch and I go, when did you get home? And you're like, I just got home. And so <laughs> did not sleep. We both have life. just, I took a 45 minute nap and you slept for a, few hours. a couple hours. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, right. For the guy that's always talking about life work balance, it is something that um, is not, it's not there. However, I think sometimes you have just sprinted. We are sprinting a hundred percent. Right. So mm-hmm. we're sprinting with a specific goal in mind. Um, and now this is like, literally, I feel like maybe not today. Cause we were up and working on that thing right until the, yes. like the things brilliant. had to be done. Um, shifting into gear tomorrow and trying to really, my mindset is like to enjoy all the Christmas shopping, all the preparation for that to like enjoy that together. Yeah. I'm excited to do that too. Like we did our sprint and now it's like, we're good. You sound like you just woke up. (laughs) I am so tired. I feel like if you can see my face, it looks like. No, I went upstairs and brushed my teeth real quick. And, uh, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, bro, I look so old right now. (laughs) All right. So, for all the teachers that are sprinting this week to try to arrive at the finish line that is called winter break. Um, I hope that you, I hope that you do so. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that today. You'll get there. You'll get there. It's coming. Some are already done, right? Some schools are already on break, which is awesome. Yes. Like have this whole week. Yes. Um, all right. Ready to jump into this Let's questions? hit it. Let's hit some questions right away. Okay. Jason O'Neill is up first asking, what are some things you would commit to during the, during school breaks to leave work in the classroom? Uh, I think, you know, it's not that I, my friend and I, Lindsay used to talk about this. Me and King used to talk about this, that it's not that we didn't take work home. It's just that we didn't do anything with it when we did. We kind of took it for a ride, right? I'd, sometimes I just drive and work around. I feel like it needs to get out of the classroom, take a ride in the car, go from Philly to New Jersey. It is, I, Jason, if I was going to do anything for school, um, one, it would be early in my break. It would not be later in my break because I find that break feels like it's not a break. It feels like it's not working. So like you're going to, a lot of schools, 
my daughter's school doesn't has half day this Friday, then they only have off a week. And so in that week, so you think you have half day Friday, you're like, yeah, Bowen, this is great school Christmas party, whatever. Saturday's Christmas Eve. Like, oh crap, we're not done everything. Saturday's Christmas Eve. Sunday's Christmas. Then you feel like you're trying to wind down, wind down, wind down, wind down. And then it's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So it's a, it's a crunched model for a lot of people this year. If I was going to do anything, it would be like Monday and Tuesday of next week. And I would set a time. I would set a, uh, a very tight schedule for what I was going to do. And then give myself off the week. The more I am... And I'm going to make a video about this. I was, I've been reading about something recently, like the the logic behind doing that, right? Like, so then all of a sudden, like you're going back to school and you're like, oh crap, what are we doing? So one, I would finish up all grading this week. I would give things, no one is, almost no student is going to remember something you did this week. And then when we come back from break, where's my grade? I would try and make greeting so effortlessly and just like putting things in if you have to, if like you're required to put a certain number of grades in, like making that um, not necessarily easy for students, but easy for you to input and be done with. When you walk out of that building this week, done. Then if you're going to prep, I would make the week back something, you could make it fun, but I would make it um, easy on you to implement right? Because you don't want to, like when you come back, the kid, it's just, there's a lot of madness all the time because everyone hasn't seen one another. And based on who had what kind of experience at, at, during Christmas break, like that can be very traumatic for students. So it's making that easy in that first week as well. But it's also giving you a chance to recuperate. And when we get a chance to recuperate, we move from like, there's this mindset that teachers are often in, like that's like a, like a reactionary mindset where you're going from thing to thing to thing and it's madness all the time and you're just trying to get ahead of it and taking a break allows you to move kind of up a level to not be doing that all the time and we make better decisions when we're like that we are kinder to people we are calmer with people we we deal with things as they come better and so i would again all grading is the week before, maybe one to two days of planning, but then, and I'm already, and I'm putting like a cap on that, like it's one to two hours a day, something like that, depending on your level of like how long you've been teaching. It might have to be a bit longer than that if you've been teaching, excuse me, <clears throat> that was weird. <laughs> um, but that that's kind of what I would be working through. All right. Wendy is up next asking, do you have one or two weeks on your break in your area? In Belgium, we get two weeks. Oh, that was for John. Oh, well, I'm going to say in Philly, it depends. I know um, Philadelphia counts doesn't count school days per year. They count hours. So a lot of Philadelphia schools are already finished. They finished last Friday. So they have off this entire week upcoming and then the next week as well. But they went back earlier in August to be able to get that. Um, but my daughter's school here where we live only has off next week. That's and we're it. we're in New Jersey. Yeah, in Jersey. Right on the, the cusp of the two. Um, all right, hold on. There's a lot of conversations going on. We'll do it. All right, here we go. We got one from good old John. Who knows what it is? <laughs> He's asking, uh, what would your three wishes for all teachers during the break and the upcoming new semester or term be? Oh, gosh. Um, 
three wishes for all teachers? I would hope for not just rest, but rejuvenation, right? Rest is <sighs> rejuvenated is when um, you're like, if you're playing video games, like your energy is increasing again. It's not just like not, you didn't just not die. You got better. And so that would be my, my one hope. Um, my other wish would be that I just wish teachers would have, and look, this is coming from someone who struggles with this immensely. Um, having grace for yourself, right? I think that this, one of the reasons is one of my favorite times a year is I love the looking back because it does two things. It allows me to really feel gratitude, deep gratitude for all of the things that we've done. My wife and I just got, we were like coming home from the, this project we're working on this morning. And, um, I was looking for a picture of the house we're working on in the, in my phone. And, uh, it was like, Oh wait, Oh, remember we did this this summer. Remember we did this in the fall. Remember we did this a couple weeks ago. Like it was such a great reminder. So like just one of the things I love to do is just either go through my Instagram, my Facebook or my phone and see the pictures in the last year of what I've done to fill up with gratitude for that and have grace for myself on like, cause I'm constantly just thinking about what I didn't do and I have to make myself feel gratitude. And then, you know, I, I hope that, um, gosh, another wish that I wish yeah. teachers learned how to say no. Yeah. I think because the job is of the heart, it's such a job that comes like uh, for a lot of folks, right? It comes from, they, they have a heart reason they're here yeah. or in teaching and in education. Um, and that can get taken advantage of within the system. And I think it's gotten really taken advantage mm -hmm. of over the years for educators. And I just wish they could say no more Yeah, for their own mental health, right? Not no for children or any of that sort of stuff, but like, no, because Every, you can only do so much and your capacity is, is important and your own personal family is important. And these like, things yeah. are important. teachers are like, if teachers were professional basketball players, they would also be ushering people. They'd be selling popcorn. They'd be running the grill. They'd be cleaning the bathroom mm -hmm. and they'd be parking cars in the parking lot. Yeah. And so it's like just focusing on playing basketball is really, really important yeah. um, to do. Cool. Right, what do you got? Nassim is up next asking, oh, it's a hard one. Uh, why are teachers still underpaid? When will they finally pay us teachers more as were the professionals that create the doctors, lawyers, nurses, etc.? That's a great question. And I think the I mean, I'd really be interested to see what other this is an interesting question to see what other people would think. But my go to is two things. One, I just think that it's curious that when um Minimum wage here in New Jersey did something like either doubled or tripled in the last handful of years. Um, but we didn't see teacher pay go up at all. And I, I, I think my answer would be that teaching is traditionally a female. Um, it, it, it is an occupation that has been done by women for years and that women have often uh, if not always been underpaid, underestimated, uh, underappreciated. And so because that's how, you know, here in the U.S., we have role and I'm not I can't speak for other countries and stuff like that because I just live in the U.S. But like because that is the case, um, 
I think that is like, it's just been overlooked. And so I think that that's what it is. When will it happen? I think when teachers demand more. Yeah. Facts. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Nassim is up next for the next. Do question. it, buddy. Yeah. Asking, what are your plans for Christmas break? Will there be teacher talk? So I think what we're going to do is take off um, next week because it's Christmas. And then the following week is New Year's Day. Um, we typically take those two weeks off from Sunday night teacher talk as a break for us yeah. to just concentrate on family um, and that sort of stuff. And then we start. Um, we start when we come back in like yeah. weeks. Yeah, in January, yeah. right? After so the then our right. plan <laughs> is now that we have this enormous project that we've been working on finished, it is going to be so full tilt, like stuff, like like this stuff. Yeah. Um, like we get to concentrate on one thing, and that's oh my exciting. Gosh. To oh us. my that's gosh! It, it is like. so <laughs> exciting to know that, like, because look, I mean, I've said this before, but like. This was supposed to go full tilt starting June. Then it was some speaking engagements, some brand family. stuff, family needs that happen. And like, even now, like there, there's stuff. <laughs> My grandma passed. Yeah, grandma passed. And like, there's, but it's, I think we are working on getting in a rhythm where those things can happen, but they don't upend the ship. Now, some things are, are harder than others, right? I lost, um, I lost a student. Uh, last week, one of the greatest students I ever got to teach, um, and uh, Issa. Issa was 29 years old, uh, had five kids. Something happened, um, and I won't go into all of that. But like she, she passed away sort of suddenly. Um, I mean, there was suddenly to me. I had no idea that something was going on, and 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 so that has been a lot this week. That's been like on top of everything else that we're doing, that's been a heavy, heavy load. And it's, um, cause it's all your old students like calling you up and seeing what are we doing and how's this, what happened and what are we like, like, can we meet up? And, and, um, it's been really beautiful by the way, but like, uh, there's been a lot of that kind of stuff. So Christmas break for us is rest um, rejuvenation and rejuvenation that is strategic. It is hanging out with people that are fun. It's spending time with our kids. It's going on adventures. It's spending time with one another and like going out for coffee or dinner or drinks or just watching to catch it up on stuff on TV, like just spending the time together, all of us. And so, yeah, so we're going to take two weeks off because, you know, when you don't do that, it's I, I wouldn't even mind popping on on Christmas. It wouldn't even because my kids like they open gifts and then they're like doing stuff, right? Like I feel like there's a lull on Christmas afternoon, but um, it is the mind share that goes into thinking about like what are we going to talk about today? Turn, getting everything ready, setting everything up, like getting everyone in place, um, and it's something that we want to be able to do for our team as well as to be able to say like, no, we have we we all are not doing anything for right. two weeks. Yeah. So it's a nice little break before we come back. So we'll be back again on uh, the next Sunday night teacher talk will be yeah. um, the following Sunday after New Year's. When I was teaching last year, mm-hmm. I thought, I remember thinking like, man, if I'm not here next year, not even that I was really thinking that, like I had no idea this time last year that I would not be in the classroom currently. When I thought 
though, like in my head, like, man, when, one day when I'm not teaching anymore, this will be so much different going into Christmas. Like, we'll be done. Christmas shopping will be done already. Like, yo, what? No, it is the opposite. It is so far gone from that. Yeah. Um, we were going to do like a whole Christmas display this year. No, we did. Hung up these lights right here. <laughs> That's what we did. They are. Um, all right, are you ready for the next one? Do it. Hit it's me. Nassim. He's like had him. He like fired him right one right after another. I love it. Uh, so he Nassim, knows the game. I know. He's ask, asking, "What are the waving books behind you, and how do you get them to wave?" Uh, so <laughs> I use the force. These are so I started um, recreating this background, and we're we might have other backgrounds coming up too. I'm hoping for in the new year. Um as we look to like get a studio to start filming out of, but um, my wife is telling me not to talk about that right now, but um, the, these are not perfect yet, but they, these are the flying books for my classroom. So I try to, uh, there's a video on YouTube, a how to, if you want to, it's yeah. really, it's I talk about how to build uh, floating bookshelves and then um, these flying books. This guy's falling apart a little bit over here. He needs a little love. He needs a little love. But the top one's great. Uh, but I stole that idea from a store called Anthropology. Yeah, they just hang there. So they move, like, they turn a little bit. But um, They're flying. Yeah. That's how we get... We don't do anything to get Yeah, them I got to fix them so it. they don't keep moving, though. Yeah. Because I can't make edit videos. The edit will no, just be like, as I'm talking, they'll just be keep shifting and stuff. <laughs> okay. Nassim, again, he's asking, what is your New Year's resolution? Ooh, this is a big one. Nassim. I got if you, two. If you only knew. I got two. I love New Year's resolutions. Um, I have two minds. I, so a lot of times, rather than just a New Year's resolution, I have themes for the year. What are you, what are you raising your hand for? Uh, someone in the comments, Sarah, said she created, I'm assuming we're talking about flying books. She said she created them for her classroom and everyone loves it. I was voted best, uh, best decorated room. Yes. <laughs> love it. Yes. I love it. That's awesome um they so i uh i have two ideas in mind two words that are that are my or three words rather one is radical and not like bro radical like uh how can i be more radical in what i'm doing how can i be more prolific in what i'm doing how can i really level my life up um, my business up, my output up, my relationship with my kids, my wife, all that stuff. How can I be more like radical in that experience? Um, how can I be more radically accepting of things that are happening in my life or have happened in my life? And so I've seen a lot of growth from that. Uh, to be honest, to be real honest with you, um, today, December 18th is a day that um, for years, um, I just got so depressed on, man. This is, uh, today's the 24th anniversary of my mom passed away and it was easily the most significant day of my life, uh, for many years. Right. Um, and so I, I've, I've grown from that time quite a bit, but like, how do I get more radical on all the things that I'm doing? Um, that's one. The other thing is, man, this is one. Here's one. Slow down. I have a tendency to start things and not finish them, to get going and and um and do it like pretty good. And then it looks like the little rascals built a, a tree house, right? Whereas my wife is 
incredibly detail oriented. Um, we'll stick with something until it is damn near perfect. And sometimes <laughs> that drives me insane. It makes my hair start falling out, let alone turn gray. And so it is. Um, so in, in this new year, I, that's one of the things I'm thinking about is like, one, how do I get more radical? But at the same time, right, here's the juxtaposition is how do I slow down to the point where I just found in a, my daughter and I have been going to antique stores. I found a full fledged giant stoplight, like a traffic light. Um, and it, it like, the, it's like this thing's like four feet tall and it was not as expensive as I would have thought. And I thought about getting it cause someone rigged it so you could just plug it into a wall. And, uh, I've been thinking about buying that thing. And I want to put it in my studio or my background or whatever. Oh, we have so many fun a, props to, so, for studio changes yeah. and background changes here. That's that's an homage that. for me, too, to Mr. Rogers. Uh, if anyone ever watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he had a traffic light in there. If you notice, it only flashed yellow. And that was a reminder for him, for the people that he worked with, and for his viewers to slow down. I and so when, that, that. when I got hit with that word this year, that those two words, slow down. Um, and then I saw that traffic light immediately made me think of Mr. Rogers. And it was like, I, this is something I need to have and I need to possess this. All right. Hit it, lady. Naseem up again. Let's go. He's this like, is uh, a Q and Sunday night teacher talk with Naseem. I know. <laughs> Asking what will be your Christmas shopping? Like? Uh, we love Christmas shopping for real. I feel like every time we go Christmas shopping, I wish we had more people to buy for Like our, our family has dwindled and like, you know how it grows so much. We have such a flux of like little kids now, like yeah. extended family wise. So like older ones start to get not cut we out. We start like, buying things shifting. for kids. Yeah. And then, and then people have so many kids that we started even doing that. And then we, we stopped buying things for cousins and stuff. Yeah. So, so we, we basically just buy for family. our children. Yeah. Um, and not even each other, but no, like, we uh, but we, in, we seriously, we make, even if it's insane at any store, we like make sure we get a treat when we're out. Like we get a delicious treat, which now you got to get gluten-free treats. I don't know. We're just eating bacon on a stick or something like I that. Know. But um, we eat treats. We get coffee. We take our time. We look at stuff. We make a conscious decision to not be run over by people in stores and, and pissed off by people. I only get good parking spots. I'll tell you this. this I may have talked about it. 95% of the time. I get in the first three parking spots at any store. I did it at Target the other day. We did it when we went to Legoland on vacation. I cannot even believe it. When we went to Legoland in New York, Packed. we literally roll up. It was the very first. You could not have gotten no. a better spot. Like the, the guy that was, the, the people that were getting valet parking had to go further to get their car parked valet than I did where I was parking. It was crazy. This made me laugh. So, okay, are you ready? Yeah, we, so we just decide to enjoy it all the time. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really fun. Um, all right, our next question comes from Tim. How would you respond if you think a student is high in class? Smells like weed, red eyes, glaze, sleepy, etc. I work at a Title I Philly high school. Um, I don't want the kid to get a legal record, but I know they must be going through a hard time to be smoking before and at school. So, Kim, that's where, that's where you start with it then. Yeah, so, I've had any number of students. Um, one, uh, I don't... I. I I'm mindful of who I take things to. Uh, if I have student that I suspect is high uh, or kids have come to school drunk, um, I had really good connection with like my social worker at my school. And so I would tell her 
and then she would take them through the steps. I had a really good connection with the with the dean of students always. So that's like someone who's in charge of discipline. And when I didn't, right, when I've had a couple of years when I didn't trust that person, I thought they would create way more problems for the student than were necessary. Um, I went to the assistant principal that I trusted then. And so it's really looking at who you trust, but remembering that you're a mandated reporter. So you have to do something. And you know, I, I've had I've had these conversations and I'm not necessarily pushing you towards this, but it, it depends on who you are and where you feel like you're at in your teaching and what you can do. Um, I've had kids ask me many times if um, what I thought about, like, should should we be legalized? Right. And um, or like, is it a big why is that a big deal if like a kid comes to school high? And I talk about that stuff like, I, you know we keep it real in my classroom. And I shared with kids like, look, y'all are playing a game and you're not even showing up prepared. Like you wouldn't show up to a, to a football game stoned, right. Or drunk because you would have, you would, your performance would be less. And if students are, sometimes kids are just smoking weed for school because they're young and they don't think and whatever, they just think it's funny. But a lot of times kids are self-medicating. And I think what we want to do is we can't be the decider of what that of why they're doing whatever they're doing. So we have to find someone that can do a little bit more of a deep dive to check in with that student to make sure that they're not ha- suffering from anxiety, that they're not suffering from depression, that they're not suffering from um, dealing with trauma at home, that they there's so many other things they could be struggling with that that is actually helping them to show up to school in a better way than what they would have otherwise, we need to make sure that kids are getting taken care of more holistically and not just trying to like self-medicate um, and especially self-medicate on whatever friggin' you know, weed they're getting from their buddy on the street or edible that someone made at their house. They're not even getting, it's not even like medical quality. It's like you are literally finding something to numb yourself with on the street and that's what you can get. And so, but you don't realize the long-term implications or ramifications of what you're doing all the time. So, yeah. All right. Um, Laura is up next asking, uh, saying hi, Ronald and not so secret wife, loving the new office space. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, what are your tips for approaching admin about mixed messages? Our staff is being given about holiday projects and lessons. We are confused as a staff. Therefore, I'm guessing our children are too. Uh, I I find that it is asking directly in a public setting if possible. So if there's a staff meeting, um, it's asking directly and not letting go until you have your answer. You have to be like, like. You must have to be so annoying, I feel like. to even, Tenacious. Like, just- prove that like i was to not just say like oh okay to like yeah. a, a political <clears throat> kind of answer because you know those answers that you get when it's like they they say a whole lot of stuff but don't really say anything they don't actually answer your question like what that happens i feel like that's what you're talking about being tenacious with so, um, and, get and different admin answer. right some people have admin that will just answer it or that you can push back or ask a follow-up question and they don't get offended but a lot of times you can see the body language where they don't know the answer. So they're not sure what to say. So they don't say anything. So they just beat around the bush. And so it is 
it's literally going back to what someone's saying and saying, so what I'm hearing is we are supposed to give projects or uh, things over the the break. Um, or can you give us an example of a project or a lesson we should give over the break or how much for work should we give over the break? For what this You're literally asking follow up direct questions. One of my favorite lines of all time is in the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, where Denzel Washington, who played a, a lawyer in the movie, uh, would say, so explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old. And I always love that because it's like, I don't want your roundabout sort of like, we want to make sure that all students are being educated over the Christmas break. And so we want to ensure that we give them, it's like, bro, what, so what are we giving them? Like, is it like important stuff? Cause I'll tell you right, right now, I think giving, um, I'm going to piss somebody off with this. I think giving work over the break is a terrible idea. I don't think anyone, that's why it's is there any teacher that really thinks like for real, like these are, are there real teachers that really think that that's yes. a good idea? Show always gave work. She did. All the time. Oh, I'm going to yell at Show. Show would give like a prod. She'd be like, I don't care. This kid's got to learn. They're just going to fall off. They got, they got, they got to catch up. Like oh, that's crazy. Joe would give work all the time. Yeah. I want to leave. Just um, that's good. So, <laughs> I still love but, yeah, but, but that was me and Joe, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so there were like rebuy would give work over break all the time and stuff. And it was to me like, no, you're on break. Like I don't give work over the weekend. I don't, that's why I don't even give homework. I'm not going to give homework over the break. So I think it's good for kids to reset. We want to talk about social, emotional care and health, but then we're not get, like, if I gave work, I would give work, but it would be like, like take a walk every day. Right. Or like, I would tell kids like do fake karate. And then I have kids like literally filming themselves doing fake karate. And then they would send it to me in my school email. And I have like 10 messages of kids doing fake karate, which was great. Um, but that's kind of what I'm, I, I would be thinking about. Uh, but it's asking those direct questions or sending an email and not give, if you don't all understand what's going on. So there's still a bit of, of confusion. We apologize. Here's this, or don't even apologize. I got away from apologizing a long time ago. It's just mm -hmm. asking that question um, because you, what you're, and the way you communicate it is that we need to be able to communicate this clearly to students and parents. This isn't just about us. Um, I still have parents asking this. I have a student asking this. So that's a way to get a better answer than to say that, like, it's you. Um, it's you're just out here being an advocate for for the community. Yeah, she's agreed with you. She said she thinks that her admin is just doesn't know themselves. Yeah. And that's what you had a, a very, very. So then what you end up doing case. is having is having newer teachers give a whole bunch of stuff because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Other teachers are given nothing. Yeah, then really newer knows. teachers are coming back to school and they get a mountain of crap that they have to grade off. So it's like, you just got, you just came back, you're feeling all refreshed. And now all of a sudden you got 9,000 assignments. You have to grade all of a sudden. And it's just like, Oh, this is, it's, it's like when you come home from vacation and now you have like four suitcases of laundry to do. That's not fun. Oh, I know. Tell me that. <laughs> says every mom uh okay ready for another Look, there's some dads out there that do laundry probably i'm just not one of them yeah you told me not to do it i did all right chris is up next asking what subject do you teach uh for the last for so i i left the classroom in june um to become uh well for a number of reasons i've talked about there's a whole video on it you can check out it's called why i love teaching um but it is but not because i 
dislike education. I love education. Um, and that's what I get to do more of now is educate teachers. The I taught ninth grade English primarily. That's the thing I that was the through line every single year, no matter what, for 16, 17 years, I taught uh, ninth grade literature. And then I've also taught 10th grade English, 12th grade English. I've taught poetry, but the second, the thing I've taught the second longest uh, is a class called the history of hip hop, which was a way essentially to teach everything, almost everything on the English curriculum, uh, across curriculum like from ninth to 12th grade like hit a whole bunch of standards but through the lens of hip-hop and that was for i don't know over a decade i did that okay chris carson is up next asking how can can we best utilize this time off to reinvigorate ourselves for the second half of the year we need help coach Chris Carson. Chris Carson, we wished you a happy birthday. I, I should have called you. I don't know why I just didn't send you a text, but I don't know if you saw it the other week. I don't think you were on here. You were celebrating your birthday. We had a we had an end. We missed you. We had a little Chris Chris ending there. Um, you know, Chris, when I think about revitalizing myself, there are things I like to do for myself. Like I love getting massages. It is one of my favorite things in the world. I love doing like sensory deprivation tanks. Like, so it's like a floating in salt water for an hour. Um, but I've, but what I'm learning is there needs to be more, there need to be more things in a given day that are fun. So one is I pay attention to what I'm not doing. Right. So there's certain shows there's certain kinds of movies that i just see like i watched this movie the other night it was a great movie um called southpaw with uh jake gyllenhaal he's a boxer but it was sad as hell like the whole it just kept getting sadder and more sad stuff happened and my life has had enough of that stuff in it and i'm not trying to wipe out sadness or not pay attention to it when it comes up but like um but had the, enough of it, so why would we this week, watch something that like yeah. just like triggers it or exactly. like brings it up or all those emotions? When you have those experiences in your life, it's like you don't have to watch TV that's about that yeah. sort of stuff. That's so instead, I'd rather watch like stand up at night. Like I watch yeah. like Netflix has so many stand up specials, and as long as they're not ultra like aggressive, and- aggressive or like super sarcastic, like if it's just funny, like there's just that's what I want to. That's what I want to do. Um, Walking, I've read a lot lately about like either taking a walk, um, especially outside and near water has this drastic effect on your well-being. And so that water doesn't matter what. It could be the dirty Delaware River that is a few blocks from my house. That is, I mean, it looks like the some days it looks like the the trash compactor from the Death Star. It's like that bad. Yeah, um sometimes. so <laughs> But just being near water is is really good. I find that trying to find stuff to laugh at during the day or dancing. I, this, is my new, this is one of my new thing. I've done this for a long time, but now I do it more calculated. Just dancing for no reason. And I'm not a good dancer, but I'm a really good bad dancer. And so um, – like as we've been working on the real estate thing, like how many times I just like I'm just like had the radio on yo. you when you're just working on a house, you just listen to some jams and you're painting, like, oh gosh. Man, there's a okay. local radio station, eighty eight five in Philadelphia, that did like two, two and a half weeks of all nineties music. And oh man, oh man, it got it got crazy in there sometimes. Uh so 
it's doing that sort of thing for me is like looking for the joy in the everyday that I, I don't wanna, have to go out I want to break that down. Please do. Because that's specific to you and you've been. I love when we do this. This is my favorite when I say a thing and I feel like really good about it. And then you're like, actually, there's another side to this. Well, so hit it. No, you're, you are, you're right on with what oh, you're right. saying. I just want to clarify for people so they can pull the same resource for themselves. I think one big key about this is that you do is these are things that are unique to CJ and that he's noting that he needs in his life, right? Laughter, fun, joy. Those are all really life giving, uh, fill your cup up people, things and people, right? Like your family or hang out with friends and these sort of things. These are, so it's, I think it's about really bigger uh, picture for everybody else. It's noting what fills you up. What are those things that really fill you up, Chris Carson, that you could implement in throughout your day? And then I think it's a science, right? Knowing just a walk, everybody benefits from a little walk, even if it's around your block, if that's all you can do, um, that's all that your health allows. Like it's, a walk just does it. It's that's scientific yeah. for everybody. But the other things I think are unique to you, the dancing in the kitchen or the, you know, making little goofy dances up. Like it's all things that give you life and energy. And I think that's how you rejuvenate. Rejuvenation isn't just sitting on the couch, watching Netflix or just sitting home all day. Or that just doesn't sitting. ever do it for me. Right. No, that's that absolute, like actually the opposite for you. Yeah. Um, when you say that you need that, I'm like, no, you need like an hour to do that or two hours to do that. Maybe even yeah. four at max. But like after that, you, or video you, games. you lose it. It actually yeah. makes me more anxious. Yes. Um, so I think it's being specific about you though and what fills you up and, get, and yeah. brings you life to like try and implement them in, in small ways throughout your day instead of making it one big thing. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that helps. You're right. I still think Chris Carson should dance sporadically, though. Oh. <clears throat> or just dress up. Please costume. send a video, Chris, if you get to that point. All right. Looking for another question. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Patrick, and this is a great question, asking, as a 23-year-old black male entering education, who wants to help Who wants to help young teenage black children? How do I get them to connect with me? Because I assume they uh, there may be some pushback. All right. So if we're real, real about this, Patrick, there is, there was a conversation I had, and I think I've talked about this on, on Sunday teacher talk. First of all, I love your profile picture. Um, I want, I'm wondering if you took that or if you found that, uh, somewhere, but the, um, I had a, there was a conversation once I was with a bunch of, uh, black male educators in my school. And there was this conversation around the idea of how, it is perceived many times that like black male educators are because they're like referred to as unicorns all the time, um, show up in the classroom. They like, everyone thinks they're going to have it easier. And for any number of reasons, right. That was just like more than I need to get into at the moment. But the point was that that is very often not the case that oftentimes there are certain students who are actually triggered by having black male teachers because um, if their dad isn't around and mom has had a boyfriend or they have a stepdad and now there's like this, this tension there where like they identify just the same way that some students will, um, perform better for male teachers and not female teachers because they live maybe alone with mom or with grandmom, or they've had an, a, a situation where there's some childhood trauma, um, with an adult female in their life. And so now there's that automatic tension. It's like this sound uh, of someone's voice or the way that they've been talked to or something like that, right? So we're 
But my point there is that it was really fascinating to me to hear these gentlemen talk about how there's this sense that it's going to just be easier because you're because you're young, because you're black, because kids identify with you, because you're into what's cool, right? Or what? And, and that's a mistake I think a lot of young teachers make in general is they think, well, well I know everything that's cool, and it's like, but you don't um, because you're because I don't know because. I don't think you can if you're not a team. This yeah. just works. That's and I think <laughs> anyone that's ever acted like they were down any for in large to a large degree um, has suffered because of it. Because kids are because you're 23. They're like, yo, you're so old, bro. You're so <laughs> old to kids. And so that's just something that I thought was fascinating. Now, I think for anyone to really connect with students um, is to be willing to go into students worlds and see that. So like, I'm looking at your profile picture and like, there are a number of kids I have that love J Cole. Um, that his, is the, his, his words, his lyrics are prolific. They're prophetic. They, he speaks the truth. And there's other kids that are like, yo, it's too serious. Like, like, I, like some of the stuff he's even talking about. Um, and cause we would talk about J Cole a lot in my hip hop class. And, um, it was just too much in the same way that Kendrick is just, it's too much. Like, I don't, like, I don't need all that. I'm trying to just like party. I'm trying to just like have fun. Um, or, um, I'm not tr- into that. Like, I'm not trying to be socially conscious in what I'm listening to. And hip hop has always been like that, right? Like to hip hop, there were, there's always been like the KRS ones. Um, and that's the sound of the police. And there's always been, uh, I know I'm trying not to go down a rabbit hole here, but I love this conversation. Um, and there's been this flip side of like, you know, salt and pepper push it, right? Like it's like, there, there's always this sort of dichotomy. <laughs> the point that I'm making though, is that when students tell you they're into something. Um, so right now, Fortnite just did, um, did a partnership with Mr. Beast. No, not, well, Mr. Beast, but what's the other the anime? My Hero Academia or some, something like that. Um, when my son told me about it, I immediately knew that I didn't know what that show was or what it was about. But I And I'm not going to sit here and watch because some anime shows have like 9,000 episodes. But I would literally go on YouTube, look it up, and someone's going to be on there explaining it. There's some guy that or gal that like has a YouTube channel that they will explain to you like what's the basic principle of this. Then I would watch the Fortnite trailer with those characters in it so I could go into class and speak to it, right? So it is not just trying to bring kids into my cool or to what's cool for me. And I'm not, I'm, I'm spec, I'm not like trying to project that on you in, in the least. I'm, I'm really talking about mistakes I've made and, and people I've worked with, I've seen make where um, they're trying to bring kids into what they're so awesome for them instead of showing up and just being really fascinated by students. Um, my buddy Wade King says, you need to be a student of your students. And I think the part of the way that that happens is, is being willing to go into your kid's world and then having the courage to bring that back to your classroom. And so that is, man, that, that is just so gold. Like, I don't know if people understand, like, I just, I have, my boy is on the spectrum. He's dyslexic. He's got a whole host of like things. Right. But if the teacher talked about whatever it is that he was focusing on at home in culture, pop culture wise, if they would have brought that into the lesson, 
he would have been lo- on lock. Like he would have been mind blown, like, you know, came yeah. home and told me about it and like been excited to do whatever the work was. That is just, I just don't. Like, but it's also communicating. Just- you're right. You're hundred percent right. But it's important to just note too, right? Forget. Mm-hmm. Um, that kids need to know that you're not trying to be cool. You're trying to be relevant. My yeah. students know all the time. I have no interest in like, I used to watch love and hip hop. It's one of the worst shows that's ever been created yeah. in the world. And I apologize if anyone out there is interested <laughs> in this, but it is one of the worst shows. But when my students kept talking about it, I was like, bro, I got to watch this. And I could only stomach like two episodes, but then I knew, all right, this is the dynamic. This is what we're talking about. These, this is who's on there. This is what the basic premise is. Then you can even ask, why do you like? Yeah, then I go and I'm like, bro, I swear, what are we even watching? Because I watched an episode and a half of it before I just couldn't do it anymore. Like Reynolds, you watched Love and Hip Hop? Yes, I did. I had to wait till my kids were in bed. Thank God, and I watched it. But there's been other things I've watched. That I've really, really enjoyed the whole series that I've been put onto. Like that I've watched the whole. Like I'm. I don't know a whole lot of grownups that have watched all of Gravity Falls, but it's it is a great. <laughs> it is I'm a not great even, show. Like, animated shows, right? I liked Gravity Falls, and that's a little bit older of an example, but it's constantly stepping into those spaces and places where your kids are. Um, and that takes courage. And then, um, and time. I think the other like thing, listen. the other thing you're right is meeting our kids where they are and not where we think they should be not damning kids for where. And I see a lot of teachers do this too. And I just wish it would stop. It's like, if a kid is on a second grade reading level in the ninth grade, it's not because he's lazy. It's because he got failed by the system. And so how can I meet you where you are, tell you you're great, tell you you can do it, and then I'm going to actually try and help with my community build a plan to help you get there. So look, Patrick, my best to you, if there's anything we can do to help you out, as I say to to everyone, like, please let us know. Um, We're on here every Sunday to try and help people be who they're called to be. That was a long answer. Yeah. I started talking about the pop culture. I can't turn it off. I know. All right, Michael Wilson is up next asking, what is your number one best practice for having a good New Year's restart in your classes? Happiness. I'm so happy to be back. Guys, so I teach, I mean, I've taught all boys for so long. Um, So would you say it's like scrapping, like not holding on to whatever, if you had a terrible part of the year? Yeah, no, I'm so thrilled to be back. Gang, this is going to be incredible. I have some really great stuff that I'm, I'm excited to go back for. How was your break? How is everybody? Like, gosh, I just, I missed you guys. I missed you so much. Like, um, and then getting students excited about coming back. The number one fear, like, look, everyone's nervous going back from break, right? You like you, it's, it's always nerve wracking. Um, and students are no different. Kids are nervous coming back to school. So meeting them at the, from the jump with love um, and love looks a lot of different ways, right? It's not just hugs and high fives and stuff, but it's like, how can I bring like, um, someone put, was it in our Facebook group the other day, the Kermit, the frog thing. Yes. Oh so gosh, someone in the Kermit, the frog or someone in the Facebook group. Um, if you're not a part of our Facebook group, it's real rap with Reynolds teacher talk on Facebook is, is the place to be. So a teacher paid 15 bucks or whatever for this Kermit the Frog mask that is slightly horrifying looking yes, because, because where her eyes are it's is where open. the mouth would be open. It's, the mouth is the mouth is open and the eyes are in the, the mouth ma- the back of Kermit's mouth. <laughs> and so she wore this in school 
And she said it was nonstop laughter all day. And I used to do this. I had a Darth Vader mask that I would use all the time. I would use the force on kids. Oh, and it's remember, kids would like fall on the ground. They'd act oh. like I was choking them and they'd fall on the ground and stuff. Um, or they would like be getting into an argument and I would use the force and they would stop. So it is at, at your level. I'm not saying go and put a Kermit the Frog mask on if you're not a Kermit the Frog person. Right. But like, what is it that you can enter into this? That's going to like, maybe the kids come back and like the music's bumping. Maybe your room looks a little bit different. Maybe there's some new smells. Maybe you try something different when you come back to school, but it's, it is always your energy over your content. That's going to win kids over a kid told, all right, we're going to do this really um, we're going to do a project today um, and it's going to be how we're going to build, we're going to make uh, uh, robots and we're going to build them and they're going to work and they'll be able to do all your chores in your house for you. Right. Like that sounds horrible, even though like what they're saying is really incredible. Like we can tell kids incredible things, but if we tell them, guys, I can't, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to wait for you to stop. T- you got to, you got to stop talking. You're talking you know, we're going to do this all year. I like, we just came back from Christmas break and uh, we're going to do this all year. Like when we go into it with that, instead of like, all right, yo, I need y'all to stop talking right now because I'm about to get into this and I'm going to blow your mind. And I don't want to, I don't want you to miss this. It's going to be incredible. My daughter is laughing at me from my peripheral right now. Um, So you want to go into this with confidence, with excitement, with love. That's, I think how we bring kids back and we get a fresh start. Um, that's how I would do it. All right. Our next question comes from Mr. Boland asking, what is your best advice for young teachers who are burnt out but need signing? My best friend when I was a kid was Brian Boland. Oh. I don't think this is him. Um, but if it was, it would be great. Uh, so I, I think um, here's what I would think of. When, we're, when you're burnt out, like I've said just a little bit ago, Going and just playing video games all night, watching Netflix all night, you know, draining a bottle of wine every night um, is there. Look, there's time for that, right? There's days that I love, you know, I'm like have a few beers, drink some wine, eat whole pizza. Like I can't, I actually can't pull that one off, but I'll eat a lot of pizza and not even good pizza. I'm like rocking DiGiorno right from the oven in the kitchen. Um, There's that. But it's, um, I think it's also the re, the filling up. So I'll tell you, my friend Maisha, who may be on here right now, um, works at Office Depot. And she thinks that it is the greatest side job in the world. She loves working at Office Depot. Because think about this. When you're at school, you're making 90,000 decisions a day. And it is wildly overwhelming. And no one has a freaking answer for you. And there's, I mean, it's just stuff coming at you. At Office Depot, someone says, excuse me, where are the gold Sharpies? And you can say, they're in aisle number three. And I'm going to walk you over there. And guess what happens when you're done? They say, thank you very much much the end right it was only pleasant and even if someone comes in and they're hurried or they're feeling overwhelmed or whatever and they're like i need to get this done i I know the exact answer of what you need i have friends that have bartended that have um waited tables and they're like i just love it right my favorite hustle side hustle of all time when i was a teacher was cutting christmas trees at christmas time i worked at home depot stood outside cut a little bit off the end and any other little 
things off, drank hot chocolate, tied trees on top of people's cars. They tipped me too much. It was the best. Like, no one's in a bad mood when they're looking for a Christmas tree. Like, damn near never. I just think when you teach, when you, like, teaching in so, such a high-stress environment. It is. And when you go to something, like, simple, like, retail, even though that can feel stressful for someone who's only ever done retail. Yeah. It's so not true. But it might depend on who you are too, right? So like you might get yes, a job that's true. filing stuff at night, right? I love the human interaction in a positive way. So it's like putting myself in a position where I'm just kicking it with people and having fun and helping them out. Like well, one of the things that's we recognize shifting from like work that we do here at Real Rap with Reynolds to like when we were working on that house project was um the idea of manual labor, right? Like yeah. sit at a computer all day and do things. all day, 14 hours and, a day sitting yeah. here and phone calls and computer work and all that stuff that gets really, really boring and really, really tiring. Um, so to shift, to go do something like physical labor, like yeah. painting and cleaning or whatever it was, fixing things was really, really wonderful. Even so, if it's pissing you so, off, right? Like even if the electricity is not working yes. or the toilet won't come out cause it's been there for 50 years. It's like, it sometimes it's, not that we're not doing the goal isn't to not do nothing. The goal is to do something that's going to fill us up. So finding something that you always thought might be fun or interesting or weird or cool. And I would do something with tips if you're looking to really make. So money. Tracy Pinter said, she said, I loved waiting tables. Um, she did it up until February of 2021. She yeah. did a mindless job. Like, but it was so mindless compared to what you were doing yeah. here full-time your day job but and dysregulated educator also said i like doing floor sets at re as a like with a retailer after hours work no customer interaction oh, and able to reset i the would store love that and actually see the fruit of my labor no yeah it'd be a great no job. every time we're in ikea i'm like yo i'd love to build like these rooms well, we like, love, like sets and yeah. that sort of stuff but i think there's all kinds of things i i want to say the other and i don't know if you mentioned this um or not but if you're a teacher and you have a side hustle Stop saying yes to the stuff at school. All yes. the extra stuff. Like yeah. you can't do both, right? So if no. you're burnt out, do the job that you were hired to do, which is teach your kids, teach your classes, like that sort of yeah. stuff. You're going in, doing your job to the best of your ability. Stop doing all the extra stuff. That yeah. way you're not burning yourself out and you can still go do your side hustle yeah. that you need. Absolutely. And I think it's okay. Like we've had to set boundaries when you were in school to say like, nope, this is my personal time and I need to utilize it for my side yeah. hustle because this job doesn't pay me. Yeah. Enough. Want me to be the right? best or yeah. I got kids and yeah. my kids are expensive and my dog is the most expensive dog I've ever oh, known right. that anyone had in the history of the world. He eats rabbit. That's all I can. That's I know. He's allergic to everything else and That's rabbit's sense. a fortune. All right, John is up next. Hold asking, on, wait a minute. Pause. What? Speaking of dogs. Oh, oh, yeah. John wins best profile picture of the day. So cute. All right, what do you do when a student has given up altogether? Context: I teach English three, so it's mostly juniors and seniors in high school. It is my favorite. It's my favorite time, John, because you have that kid in a place where they think it's not going to get any better. They think it's all downhill from here, but what they don't realize is that the key to success is right in front of them. And so it's having that conversation about that kid because that kid thinks that this is all about them, right? Because this is how teenagers think. By and large, teenagers, they just think about themselves all the time. Um, so like when we worked, was it yesterday? We were working all day, came home late afternoon and our son goes, I'm putting him on blast right now. Oh, thank oh, God you guys are home. 
adorable. Both of them. Our kids are 13 and 15. I walk in the door, both of us, after being Oh, my gosh. You're home. She's standing in the living room, and they're going, we're starving. And I'm like, I got so mad. There's so much food. And it's not even, none of it's even hard to make. It's not, I didn't say like, make yourself like a chicken cutlet and mashed potatoes. Like, it it was like, you're a teenager, eat ramen. That's what y'all eat anyway. But like, which is really horrible for your kids. Um, So the point I'm making here, John, is that when you can start talking to students about things like, man, John, um, so I I call him like their name is John. Let's say your student's name is John. John, let me. Let me talk to you for a minute, man, because I'm looking at your grades. I'm looking at what we're doing in class, and I'm, um, and I'm just, I'm concerned because I'm, I'm wondering who, who lives at home with you, um, who means the most to you, and innately, kids will talk about like it's their cousin or their brother and sister or um, their mom or their grandma, man. And so, what is that person going to do when you? So you're just going to like. Have you ever thought about how, like, in in the neighborhood that I taught in, in West Philadelphia, right, things were tough and for a lot of students. And so I would try and shift the conversation to, like, do you ever think about if you did well in school um, and or just learn to do well? I don't even care if you, it's not even about school, right? If you just learn to do well in life, like, how you do anything is how you do everything. If you really took that seriously, and you really realized that this was all up to you, that your success in your life was based on no one else. It wasn't based on what you went through. Like, and look, there are variations of this. I realize that trauma plays a part in a number of these things and, and, and odds are stacked against a number of students. But if I can get kids believing that they have the power to change their lives um, and then how that doesn't just impact them, it impacts your sister. So wouldn't it be awesome? Um, like, did you ever think about, like, if you got out of school and you got your own place and it was nice and there was an extra bedroom and when things got crazy at your house, your little sister knew that they could come stay at your place and you had not just a room for them, but it was like pretty nice. Like it was a nice bed on a bed frame. It was their own dresser. They had some extra clothes and gear at your house. They didn't have to bring all their stuff every time. There was like music in there and you had it like decked out to their specifications. What if you had like some good food there too? So like when they came over and they're feeling some type of way because things were going tough in school, but they knew they could come by after school and like get snacks or that you were going to make dinner or that y'all could just go out for dinner. Like, you know what their favorite place or their favorite place is the Olive Garden. What if you could go every Friday, take your sister to the Olive Garden if she worked so hard that week? What if your brother, um, instead of like going to whatever barber, you knew the guy in the neighborhood and you could take him to get a proper haircut where you knew it wasn't going to be a mess up. Cause we all know that like, if you get a messed up haircut, you get, you kids are skipping school for two weeks, man. Um, you start building this idea in their minds that this decision they're making to not do well in school is not just about them right? Which is where kids often go to, but that you doing well is not just about you making money or you going to college or, uh, or some like something like that, but that school leads to college or to a profession, depending on what you want to do in your life. And that is going to lead to ultimately, are you doing something for the rest of your life that you enjoy? But what are the fruits of doing something? What is that money you're making? What is that doing? It's not just buying you shoes and clothes and cars and stuff. It's how are you blessing 
other people with that? How are you blessing the, did your grandma? You know, I had a kid one time whose grandma, um, dad was never around. Mom was caught up in her own stuff for a very long time. Grandma basically raised him since he was a baby. Grandfather was incapacitated, right? So grandma's taking care of grandpa. She's working two jobs. Your grandma, who should be chilling, is working two jobs to take care of you. And wouldn't it be? And so what I don't say is, do you want her to work that hard so that you could do nothing? Is that like, I'm not trying to guilt someone. What I want to do is try and fill them up with possibility. Wouldn't it be awesome if you did great and your grandma didn't have to work a whole other job? I'm not even saying you're retiring her. I'm saying she didn't have to work a whole other job so she could work 40 hours a week. Wouldn't it be awesome if Every two weeks when you got paid, you made enough money because you're not working. You're not making minimum wage. You're making something. You're double that, triple that coming out of college or coming out of high school, um, depending on like what profession you go into. And you're just getting her groceries every two weeks. You're just dropping groceries off. I just get them delivered to grandma's house every two weeks. Those are the kinds of things when you start talking to students about this stuff that actually get them excited because then it doesn't matter if you don't like math. I don't care if you hate Hamlet. I just don't care because is Hamlet going to get in the way of you buying your grandmom groceries, of you getting your little brother the best haircut at the cool spot that has the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox, like the new one, and everyone's hanging out? And is this going to stop you from taking your, what if you took your grandma on vacation that she hasn't been on in 30 years and take her somewhere great, like a cruise or to Florida or somewhere she always dreamed of going. These are the empowering conversations that we have with students where then it's not about education. It's not even about you right now. It's, are you going to let this get in the way of grandma, of your brother, of your sister, of your grandparents? And so I think that those, um, when kids, it's it is, it's any it's it's literally any great sports movie you've ever seen, right? What does Rocky yell at the end of the Rocky? Rocky doesn't yell, "Rock, go me! I did it! I'm a champion!" Right or almost champion because Apollo won the first one. Spoiler, but um, it's Adrian, right? It is is always someone else that is the, that is can be this positive driving factor in our life of what we're trying to bring for them. So that's. That's where I would go with that conversation. Um, that was a long answer, but I, yeah, that's, that's one I get heated one. about. That's a good one, though, because I think people always they want to like connect to kids. They want to help motivate them, but man, the typical stuff isn't a motivator all the time. You gotta, you have to make it like about their life, like somehow, because it's like school just seems so stupid and boring for most kids, right? Like they don't see the skills that they're learning from it. Yeah. They don't see the the connection to the bigger life picture and how it gets from A to B. It's part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can break that down and make that connection for kids, it can really, really shift. Like you're saying, yeah, make all the difference. All right. Let's uh, answer another one. Yeah, let's um, Miss L is asking, this is a good one. Merry Christmas. And thanks for the great content in 2022. Awesome. How do you plan to stay relevant to teachers in 2023 and any advice for decluttering teaching stuff slash paperwork without tossing it off? All right. So, Gosh, you already know I was going to say that. You know him. So let me say, Miss L, this is a great question, uh, um, I think, because I'm not in the classroom any longer. And so how do I stay relevant? And this is a question that, like, 
educators that step out have, or are thinking about stepping out, especially those that are like writing books or speaking a lot, like that takes you away from home a lot and takes you away from your family a lot when you're doing that sort of thing. More than say a regular job would often times. And so um, it is just like I stay connected with students. I haven't been 15 years old in a really long time, but I constantly was able to enter that world of my students um, to bring that back to my classroom. And so the way that I plan on being relevant so that I can continue to do this work online and beyond is by staying connected to teachers in an unprecedented way. So I have, uh, I was just thinking about the other day, it's like, how do I get back in classrooms? How do I get back in touch with teachers on, on a ground level? How am I um, constantly staying in the know because I can't do that from my house, right? I think you start forgetting very, very quickly what it's like to actually be in the classroom and go through the things. And it's this sort of Pollyannish outlook. And a, a lot of people that are in sort of this position, like the speaker, the writer, the content creator that aren't in the classroom, it becomes this very Pollyannish or this sort of like the good old days or that kind of mindset. I don't want to do that. I want to have like dirt under my nails all the time. Um, and so that's one of the ways I plan on doing that. It's also by just asking everything we've ever created on our YouTube channel, every video that is created with the exception of brand deals and even brand deals come to me. And I think, is this something that's actually useful for teachers? I've never, ever taken a brand deal that wasn't, um, that I didn't think was awesome. Like that was great for teachers. And, and I've turned many down because I didn't think that they were. Um, and then it's just, it's the, so it's the asking. So like writing my book was something teachers asked me to do, creating a Facebook group, creating a Sunday night teacher talk, um, doing workshops, like all these things I could go on and on and on are, I've always come from our community. And so that's another way that I plan on doing that. And if I don't know, if I can't speak to something, one of my huge plans in the next year is I used to just not speak about it. It's finding the, the best, the people who are the best in that area and bringing them on to, to, to teach. And so that's one of the things we're planning in, in 2023. Um, advice for decluttering stuff, I think one is making it neat, right? So like uh, I, I have, there's this thing, there's this practice that I love. It is called knolling and it drives my family a little bit crazy, but my kids started doing it. Knolling is there's stuff all over your desk and instead it's putting all like things together and organizing them. I love being ultra organized, having a place for everything. So these aren't even all filled right now, but like, look, if you have star confetti, it's not in a junk drawer. It's just in the thing. And you'd be surprised how much I use star confetti in my life. Um, if you're using googly eyes, if you're using number four rubber bands, not any rubber bands, I don't buy uh, sorted rubber bands. I only like number four rubber bands. I only like black and gold Sharpies. I do have other ones I use for other projects, but that's what I use all the time. Black Sharpies are in their own bin, right? They are not with all the colored Sharpies. They're only in the black Sharpie bin. And so it's having a place for everything. And then a thing that I, a practice that I started doing a number of years ago is any, when I look around my classroom, if I have not, I like to always have everything there for any possible idea that I might have. This is an idea I got from Thomas Edison. Um, but because I don't ever want to have to go get it. I want it to be there. So if I have poster board, phone core board, um, you know, tracing paper, giant post-it note things, like I like that all to be in stock. 
But if I haven't used anything in several years, I send it to a backstock area. And I, for me, that's my attic. Um, attics are treasure boxes. They, they're different than basements. Basements, I pull things in and out of all the time. But an attic is like long-term storage. So I'm not getting rid of everything. It's just out of sight, out of mind. So my immediate situation is clean, is clear. Even backstop of like when I did a gig with uh, Staples earlier in the year, I got about 90,000 of certain things, right? Uh, index cards. Index cards, <laughs> Sharpies, Expo markers, uh, Post-its. Not a bad thing to have. I just don't need 90,000 of them right in front of me or in my drawer. I have two in my drawer. They're two different colors, everything else in the attic. So I create places that have backstock and even that is utterly organized. And that takes a lot of time to get to, but it is time really well spent. I like my whole life organized. Um, and it gets very messy often, but then I know exactly where it goes, right? It's like a wood shop. When you have like uh, the outline of the hammer behind the workbench, I love that because I know where the hammer goes. I'm not just putting it over here. Where, that's where things I bang things with go. Over here is just a pile of crap that cuts things. It has a very specific location. And so that's that helps me to stay decluttered a lot. Oh, um, we're over an hour, but there's another. Miss L has a second. Do, do one more. Yeah. Um, this is the last, this is the last, this is the last show of 2022. That's true. Going all in. All Let's right. Miss L is asking, where do you strategically radically want to do with uh, this platform while staying the same? Cause we love that too. Um, here's what Miss L here's one of the things. Here's one of the things we can give you exact what we're doing, but I, but I can go, I can go somewhere with this though. Yeah. Did, it was a, well, I'm I was sorry, just going to say, no, I was just going to say like the idea is like we are, we are literally what, what people don't see on the back end is that we're literally like scripting, writing and building a program that is going to be awesome. Like it's like a no fail situation. And here's why. Um, one of the things, one of my plans in 2023 is to get away from working so much with um, I work a lot with brands and you all don't see all that all the time because sometimes I create stuff for brands that goes on their site that goes uh, for their in use internally. So like uh, in the last two years, I worked a lot with like Hout Mifflin Harcourt, created an enormous amount of content for them that is on a private site for them. And so that takes away my ability to create stuff for my own uh, for my own community. My plan in 2023 is to create an incredible amount of content that is just for um, this community. So it is like, it, it is, it is not doing the work of other people. It is doing the work that is needed here and building this. Um, and that's what we've been doing is like spending the time um uh, spending the time preparing ourselves so that we're able to do that. That's so exactly. We don't it. have to do other people's work yeah. so that we can just do the work here at Real Rap with Reynolds for our community and what we want yeah. to offer to educators um, that pass through our way. Yeah. So it, it's, and a lot of that is like back end stuff. Like, you know, like Noah built the ark before the flood kind of a thing. And so it is trying to create this thing that starting in January 
is going to some no not not that but like yeah. some of these things are going to start rolling out that are going to create opportunities for teachers um, in a way that we've never been able to do it before um, and on we a level so of excellence that we have never that we've not never that we've rarely had the opportunity to do before and it is incredibly exciting to me and so um, yeah but I don't want to talk about that online yet because well one I don't want someone to steal my idea. But it's coming. Um, There's lots of stuff. Just know that we are we are really really busy working on all of this stuff and ideas yeah. and building to be able to to even our vision facilitate like our dream. Let me share this. Even our vision for this Sunday night teacher talk. We want to in, evolve into oh, yeah. both of us being on camera, like having like a set where we both have mics and my wife's still doing her thing on the on the laptop. But like we are like having these conversations together instead of her sitting in the nether over mm-hmm. here. Um, it's like, but having it look like not just more professional, like we're on a talk show or something, but like, it's, I think it's more, it's, I don't know. I think it's more interesting for people. And so it's like trying to do more fun, interesting, cool stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm stoked about it. Yeah. We're excited. There's so lots excited. of great stuff coming. And I feel like that was a very vague answer, but like, it was just because they're online and I, it's not built yet. And I don't, I, I don't like, I've never been someone that liked talking to everyone about the tattoo that I was going to get. I went and just got the tattoo. We're going to go on. Yeah. It's like, let me just go get the tattoo because otherwise I don't want, I don't want the, I want to, I want to save the surprise for Christmas morning. That's what I'm doing. Um, and I don't mean that literally. I'm not going to drop something on Christmas morning, but, um, cool. Are we good? We're good. That's it gang. That's it for season six of Sunday night teacher talk. Um, Gosh. Oh, that's not the end. That's not the end of our season. No, it's not. No, it's just like a little oh, Gosh, it's a two-week break. Our season ends the end of the school year in June. Oh, great, Come Scott. On, All right. Um, so we'll but we'll see. That's last. That's it for 2022. We will see you in 2023. Um, I hope everyone has a really wonderful holiday. Uh, if you don't celebrate the holidays, I hope you just have a great week off. And our best to you. And uh, we will see you after the new year, right? Yeah, next year. Cool. Woo-hoo, everybody. Peace. Oh, baby. That's when we do our dance party. Ready? Two, three. Oh, wait. Oh, snap. I missed count because I was talking. Ready? Ready?